baby business. This is just Kian jumping in at the start of this episode to let you know that Kira and I, in fact, had a little baby boy about a week ago now. Mum and baby are home safe and everything is all good. But we're going to shift episodes to fortnightly for the time being till we get ourselves settled into parent life, which is already pretty incredible. So here is The Crow Part 2. And we'll be back in two weeks for a TV corner where we'll be doing the pilot episode of Miami Vice. So, you know, don't like, don't subscribe, don't come back in a fortnight. Thanks. Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Cam Ralph Snape and I miss video stores so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-hosts Kira Jade Oppitz and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around and sign up for a membership. This is Weird Kid Video. I love Brandon Lee. <laughs> we love Brandon Lee. Old business? Does anyone got any old business? I mean, we're halfway through a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Brody's dying. Yeah, I'm dying. So I apologize for any effing and jeffing or low, low energy that you hear. <laughs> doesn't mean he stopped liking the movie. It just means he wants to go to bed. Yeah. So, update on the podcast. Brody's a half dead. And <laughs> Kara's about to pop. You are definitely about to pop. We do not know if we will make it to next week. Oh, my God. Ken is the only one that is fully functional. We're in That's trouble. First. <laughs> We're in trouble. Part two business. Part two business. We still love the crow. This Where, is true. Where did we get to? I have no memory of where yeah, we got to. neither. Picking up from last week. Clever. I should have looked to see how far into the movie it is. <laughs> but because I didn't have to do any podcast business this week, I was extremely lazy and didn't do that. Didn't yeah. even think about it until this very moment. We had just gotten up to... Can't rain all the time. It can't rain all the time, yeah. Oh, really? Was that what we were up to? Yeah. Sarah. Sarah? Uh, yes. Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you also over. hung over. No, I just couldn't read momentarily. I saw two words and then I was like... One had a question mark. <laughs> one moment. He's just going to have some coffee because the one functional person should probably know the names of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> my performance and has drugs. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I need something more than coffee today. Heroin? <laughs> Glue. <laughs> Opposite performance level. <laughs> At a police precinct, we crane down from a train to the outside of the building. Whole shot's a model. Oh, right. Whole thing is a model. Interesting. Because there were like, were most of the full building shots in this models? I will talk a little bit later about the buildings. Okay. Because there's a specific 
piece of information about those that's kind of interesting. Cool, cool, cool. But in this instance, they needed a police building that looked a particular way. There's like an elevated train that goes past it. Do you go find a building that can do that? You're shooting a movie in Wilmington, North Carolina. Mm. Yeah, so you just find do a model shot. Yeah. Makes so sense. So it's not the only establishing shot in this movie that is a model shot. We'll talk about one later as well. Yeah, man. Inside, Albrecht is talking to another cop who is his soon-to-be ex-wife, as we were later find out. <laughs> she has brought him Eric and Shelley's file. We, the undersigned tenants of 1929 Calderon Court Apartments. What is this, a petition? Big kick me sign for a very nice girl who found herself a cause and a cause got her killed. She was fighting tenant eviction in that neighborhood? Shelly Webster and her nice rock and roll boyfriend, Eric Drake. She warns him not to snoop around. That's what got him put on the beat. We do see that Albrecht is coloring in a photo of Eric with the crow's makeup. The funny thing is, is like he saw him once and like he fully already knows it's him. You can't fool Ernie. He's fucking got it. But Eric did say, you don't remember me. And then talked about Shelley Webster. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying. the file and then seen the, the, and then gone. This is one thing Burn. about this movie that I really appreciate. First of all, characters talk to each other mm-hmm. and people figure shit out. Yes. You know, in a lot of movies, how it's just like it dawns on them or something happens and they're like, oh my God. It actually has those scenes in between that, like, people are talking about each other, like Ernie and things like yeah. no, Eric. Ernie and Sarah in a little while. Ernie. <laughs> yeah. Burton Ernie. Yeah. Albert. Burn dogs um, have a discussion about the crow. Yes. And he's there drawing and he kind of figures it out. There's those little scenes in between where they're doing the legwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the characters aren't stupid in this movie. Exactly. We follow the crow to Eric, who's on a rooftop, and at Fun Boys. Funboy and Dala are shooting up. I fucking love this whole sequence, yeah. It's pretty pretty crazy. So the crow flies into the room. They're so high. There's a big fucking bird over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the absolute appropriate response. <laughs> and then Eric comes through the window. Here, fun boy. What the fuck? come out to play (laughs) well uh they laugh at him it's time for you to take your bird and leave fricko (laughs) yeah farm boy points his gun at eric and he just kind of sits in front of him and puts his hand in front of the barrel take your shot farm boy you got me dead bang (laughs) fires putting a hole in eric's hand the fake scream in pain and then Mm -hmm. the turn into like laughing i love it is just amazing I love that Funboy's already laughing and then oh, just everything about this scene. They actually play well together so good. Mm, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Stop me if you heard this one. Jesus Christ walks into a hotel. Ow. He hands the innkeeper three nails and he asks, Don't you ever fucking die? Can you put me up for the night? <laughs> in between then Funboy is just shooting him yeah. I also love Funboys don't you ever fucking die yeah what's weird is like Funboy is he just 
tripping? Does he think he's tripping balls? Or is he just like, this person won't die and that's a part of my world that I, I have know. to deal with right now? Because he's Probably freaking out less than I. But like he's freaking out less than you would think he would be freaking yeah. out. <laughs> he's also very high. True, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric ends up hitting him, hitting the gun and it goes off into Funboy's leg. Look what you've done to my sheets. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Dala at this point has already like scrambled into the, into the bathroom and mm. Eric comes in dragging Funboy, putting him into the bath. Dala grabs a razor and Eric confronts her, but he doesn't kill her. Mm. Makes her look in the mirror. And then he magics the morphine out of her somehow. Well, yeah. I feel like he didn't just get the drugs out of her, but he completely cured her of her addiction. Yeah, I don't know about that. Because like what we see, what we see is like her being completely different later on. Well, and we had to believe that that's like, I don't don't think that she's, I almost believed it was like, yeah, almost a touch of Jesus, you know, like you're going to be better now and they have the strength to be better. That's a bit maybe of a religious reading. Yeah. I read it more as she she got scared straight. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what Ellie thought as well, but like I just yeah, yeah. I got the vibe that it was just a dude, like a dude in face makeup with a giant bird came in. Yeah, I don't know. It just die. felt he religious. The boyfriend and then told her to be a good mum, so she did. I totally yeah. get it. Totally, your daughter get it. is waiting for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dollar leaves. Eric picks up picks up a needle. So there's more to this scene that is cut out, ah. leading to one of the movie's more fascinating continuity issues. Yeah. Okay. Eric's co- entire costume changes after this scene. Yeah. Originally shot, Funboy attacks Eric with the razor before he's killed. He's cutting up Eric's arms. Hectic. Which is why Eric tapes up his arms with black tape. Mm. So he has black tape on his arm from his elbows down for the rest of the, for the rest of the movie. And he also mm. builds himself like a corset of tape as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why that costume change happens. Because of all the holes and the cuts. Yeah. But it's, not, but it's not in the movie. Also, the in the script, the skull, skull Cowboy shows up here and warns him that he needs to mind his own business. See, I kind of... Because he got involved in something he got involved that's in, not... Not his, oh, Dala. his business, Dala. But I don't think that that was ever shot. The Skull Cowboy is interesting because it, it feels like... So, so superfluous. Well, not superfluous, but in the script there's more of it and it seems like they hadn't really shot a ton of it. And there was only like eight days left to go. So I'm wondering if they had already kind of had the feeling that maybe we're not going to run Interesting. Yeah, they I don't might know. Have. It just feels like it just feels like there would be more of that. Unless they're saving it all for like one or two days yeah. as like inserts. But some mm. of it, it would be easier to shoot, shoot it, in, it in, in the, the set, yeah. right? Yeah. The weird thing is about this movie, which is someone coming back as essentially like a crow demon to exact revenge. Yeah, it's like the race. Having, it's like the race without a car. Yeah, but ha- the weird thing about this movie, <laughs> we definitely did the crow about cars when we did the Wraith episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the weird thing about this well, the, movie- Well, the Wraith is just the, the crow without a boat. Yes, yes, true. So with a car. It would be almost too supernatural to have a skull cowboy, you know what I mean? Like this feels grounded and gritty. To add a It would flame. feel less grounded, I suppose, if, if yeah. Cowboy was it, in it. But it's like, it's, it, for the fact that it's someone who comes back from the death, it feels so street level and grounded. But to have a cowboy that doesn't fit the aesthetic and who's yeah. like death incarnate, I don't know. It just, well, I, I feel just like it wouldn't. Lost, it's not death incarnate. It's just a lost soul. Sorry, in, in a view, visually, yeah. it's like the death character, you know, skull. Yeah. yeah. 
I just mm. feel like it almost would be a mis- mismatch, mismatch tonally. Mm, it could tip the balance. I don't know. Yeah. Downstairs at the pit, because Fonboy lives above the pit, Gideon is drinking his pain away. Grange has come in looking for answers about what happened. Uh, in He's back- entirely too sm- smart as a goon. Who? Grange? Yeah. Well, Grange isn't really. He's a, you know, he's an assassin. Ex- yeah, true. Vietnam vet. He's also. Operator. Yeah. He's not like street level punk, I suppose. No. He's yeah. a very high level henchman. But for him to go, mm, something's going on upstairs. I'm going to go check it out. Well, in a sec, that happens in a second. So in the background, we get Milk Toast by the band Helmet. I've seen Helmet a bunch of times live. Yeah, so Dala exits in a hurry and Grange kind of heads upstairs to see Eric disappear out the window with a shh. <laughs> that is the most fucking baller thing ever. I'm pretty sure that that shot is reversed. It feels the way he the, goes, movement, the way right? he moves out the window. Yeah. I think that that is a reversed shot. Huh. Like it was shot like that on purpose to give Eric a strange sense movement. of movement because the inertia so is a little weird. Do you think Eric was as like quippy when he was alive, or do you think the quippiness came with death? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, wait, say that again. He's very quippy when he's talking to his to his bad guys and like he's got know, a lot of one liners. He's got a lot of one liners. He's very very like a like a funny little little quippy quippy boy. And That's because very, we don't, we don't see a lot of him before, or because we only see the death scene. Yeah, I feel like he was probably quippy and sarcastic beforehand. Is the yeah. is. The crow, though? Like, or are we saying that that's like Brandon Lee bringing a bit of Brandon Lee in? Well, no, it's in the script. Um, yeah, okay. The lines are in the script. But, like, um, you would write it for Brandon Lee, you know what I mean? Well, they wrote the script and then they cast Brandon Lee. Yeah, but you would, like, let Brandon Lee have some input, yeah, you know what I'm I mean? Yeah, but I'm not talking about his delivery. I mean, literally, the words that were written in the script. Yeah. Whether or not it's one of those things where it's like he's died in his personality has shifted or was he always like that? I think he was always like that. That That is the question. I feel like he's almost like he doesn't talk at any other point so he's just like waiting for that perfect time to deliver the line. <laughs> he's like, I know what I'm going to say exactly when I'm doing Well, there's it. all those scenes that were cut out of him like scribbling notes. <laughs> <laughs> Talking so, in the so mirror, like, practicing, practicing shit. <laughs> yeah. Different movie though. Very taxi, taxi driver. The farm boy has been turned into a pincushion and has a crow cut into his chest with a razor. Michael Massey, who plays Funboy, was the guy that pulled the trigger that mm. killed Brendan Wait, Lee. I know that name. Michael Massey. Do you? Where, where like do you know it from? I don't know, but it, obviously an actor. I mean, I said it last week. Where? In, In the, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but that was last week and I'm really hungover, guys. So it's possible that you remember him from this movie? No, true. Yeah, no, but the name sounds familiar. He's in other stuff. He's in yeah. 24, shows up, has a good run in 20. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he only talked about what happened publicly once before he died. He died of stomach cancer in, in 2016, saying that it's something that he has to live with and he'll never get over. But he took a year off of acting after the, this movie and he realized that he had to kind of live his life and find a way to go on. Oh, that's right. Aside from his own loved ones, he always thought it was kind of just between him and, and Brandon's family, including including Eliza. In the, even in the interview that I saw of him talking about it, he didn't really want to be talking about it. Yeah. He was like, this is the only time I'm ever going to talk about it. And he was he answered like one question. The interviewer asked some follow-ups and he like was clearly like, okay, we, I answered your question. Can we please just move on? Mm. And it wasn't even an interview about like movies and his career. It was mm. him sitting in his, his, his wife owned a fashion boutique in New York. He's sitting in his wife his wife's fashion boutique. Right. So I don't even know where, why this person is asking him questions. It was a very clipped interview. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, Albrecht is at home and hears a noise. In the script I read, this was at the precinct. So they moved it to his house, which is like such a better idea than being in the precinct. Yeah. It's Eric. I love him saying freeze. <laughs> you still have your hat on. Good likeness. I saw your body, man. You, you died. You got buried. You still have your hat on. Oh, wait. Sorry. We, I missed a continuity error. What was it? Did you realize at the bar when he was drinking, it got way fuller? Oh, who cares? Oh, I thought <laughs> oh you'd pick God. that up. I probably yeah, but who cares about that? Like that's not that kind of thing happens in everything. That happens in everything. Yeah, every it's scene just where so there's a person of anybody ever smoking a cigarette in a movie. Yeah, and true. The length true, of cigarette. true. Seriously, <laughs> if we stopped for every time that happened, well, this it was really would be obvious. It was really obvious. I thought you were going to point it out. No, so. I don't care about shit like that. Yeah, okay. Finest. Having made anything in my life, <laughs> yeah. like I look at that stuff and go, if you, that's what you're paying attention to, then then it was just so um, it was like empty glass, completely full glass. I oh, thought you'd okay. see it. Oh, okay. I only notice when it's like, um, so I like Gilmore Girls. Mm. There, there has really? been, there's been times in Gilmore <laughs> Girls where the continuity isn't so much that the the cup has changed levels. It's that that cup has actually changed completely. <laughs> like I it's a different that. coloured cup. I so love then it's that. like, so that's different. okay, so you've actually shot this on different days and then not. See, I kind of love that and shit. Then, and then it's like, it's a quite impressive that your performance is so... You yeah. wouldn't notice if it wasn't for the fact that your cup keeps changing colour. See, I, I get you, there must be heaps of it, but I just love those kinds of things, especially those real big ones. Yeah, the big ones, yeah. are, the big ones I notice, but like the little ones. Yeah. No. no. Sorry the, the, to our, our pet peeve is um, coffee cups that don't have anything in them. Oh, trust me, that's, uh, it's the worst thing in the world. You watch a movie or TV show, somebody's walking around with a, co- with a takeaway coffee cup and it's clearly just fucking empty. Yeah. Do you know how easy it is to just pour fucking water into it to add some weight to it? <laughs> Wait. Or... Let's do this. Or what we would we used to do is put sand. No, like a a tennis ball because uh, yeah. it adds weight, but it's not liquid, so it can't get spilled or whatever. Yeah. But it adds enough weight to something yeah. that it that it moves with weight. It fucking drives me mental. I can't stand it. It's so dumb. The reason that that drives me nuts is because the fix is so simple. Yeah. Because all it takes is for you to to take two seconds. Do you really think that adds much to the? It's distracting. Really, it's so distracting. It's so it just it just it's just fake, especially if it's now I'm gonna have to like, see it. Draws especially if yeah. it's like a tra- like a, a like four cup tray thing, and it's like you are not carrying that like someone who has any concern about spilling yeah. a coffee or with any kind of weight or whatever. It if it's like, like they're going through a scene like really quickly and they have to like balance them, I understand that. Even just a person holding a cup of coffee. Watch Even, every fucking yeah. cop show in the world where they show up to a crime scene with their with their takeaway coffee cup <laughs> and then be like, what the fuck are you doing? There's no coffee in that cup. <laughs> All right. I'm Even gonna just have the to way they drink it, it is okay. different. Let's talk yeah. about the movie. So, Sidetrack City. So, Albrecht can't believe it because he saw Eric's body. You some sort of ghost or something? Boo. <laughs> Eric gets him a beer out of the fridge. He wants to know what happened to them. And Albrecht kind of lays it out. But Eric grabs Albrecht's face and sees what he saw. Because he can do that thing where he touches people and experiences Again, things. I don't want to sidetrack us, but you're leaving out the detail of what Ernie is wearing. I'm trying to get to one of the most emotional parts of the movie. And you're like, but he's not wearing pants. <laughs> Uh, we find out that Albrecht stayed with her the whole time. Yeah. That he was with her the entire the entire time she was in hospital, which was like 30 hours. He was just how long legend. it took her, to, took her to die. And Eric is really happy that somebody was there for her. Mm. And Albrecht kind of admits that 
he was really hoping that she would wake up and be able to tell him something so that he could do something about what happened to them. And he didn't he didn't have a relationship with them before no, this. Not at all. No. no. I didn't think they're so. Just, they're just two random still, people in the city. Then goes on to take care of their like little runaway semi-daughter. And yeah, we find out that no one would talk to to him after what ha- uh, happened to Eric and Shelley and he was busted for sticking his nose where it wasn't wanted. Eric asks about a photo of Albrecht and his wife. They're getting divorced. And Eric says, Little things used to mean so much to Shelley. I used to think they were kind of trivial. Believe me, nothing is trivial. Very Aww. poignant. That's one of the things I agree with. I feel like this movie taught me a lot, made me better in relationships. I'll tell, you what's, I'll tell you what's weird about that line. Mm-hmm. Um, it rings true in another line that is completely totally separate but you know in the office when i think it's like andy no i've never seen it really why would i watch that oh that's good it's good fun it's cringe humor, it's Don't do cringe humor. yeah but it changes throughout the seasons anyway there's a line where andy goes like i wish someone would stop and tell you that you're in the good times while you're having the good times and i just feel like those two lines ring true of the same thing you know okay. gotta stop and just appreciate those moments eric takes albrecht's cigarette Takes a dragon and tells him you shouldn't smoke these, they'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> but he's alike because he's already dead. You're going to vanish in the thin air? I thought I might use the door. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just fantastic. Let's just say this. Ernie's work in Ghostbusters is just allowing him to take this whole ghost thing <laughs> in his stride. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. I had it's that not one a coming. universe. Even when I wrote it down, I was like, that's a terrible joke. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. <laughs> If I look for you on YouTube and I find a video that Ernie Hudson, <laughs> Ernie Hudson is really playing Zedmore in uh, He Crow, changed careers, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lay you the fuck out. So. Maybe maybe it's the other way around. Because of the crow, he was like, oh, I can go and deal with ghosts. <laughs> I can make buddies with them. I don't want to do the podcast. <laughs> Finished. I love um, Brandon Lee. Let's keep going. <laughs> external club trash model. And again, the outside of this is a model. So the inside is the cement factory in Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah. And the outside is a model because that's not how that, what that building looks like. Uh-huh. Gideon's laying it out for Top Dollar and Grange. Yeah. I love how bored Micah looks during this scene. He wants to know what Top Dollar's going to do about it. He throws him an eyeball. Yeah. I mean, this thing is real. All the power in the world resides in the eyes, fellow. Sometimes more useful than people are buried. All the power in the world resides in the eyes, fellow. Like, I wish I could do Michael Wincott's voice. I'd be a rich man. Um, <laughs> it's one of the most important things he's learned from his sister. That's your sister? <laughs> yep. Michael is, in fact, his sister. Mm-hmm. Top Dollar opens a cabinet full of weapons. Wait, wait, wait. What's the line he, he says? He's like, oh, the daughter of my father or something like yeah, that? Yeah, my father's daughter. Yeah. That, yeah. that was a really – that was a – Dialogue isn't always the greatest in this film, but that piece of dialogue I really appreciate it. It's very funny, mm-hmm. very light. Yeah, he opens a cabinet full of uh, bladed weapons. Yeah, it's so good. Such a villain thing. Yeah. To have. <laughs> oh, look at my weapon cabinet. <laughs> he wants the story again with a lot of detail. He had a bird with him and he said his name was Draven, Eric Draven. Boy and his bird. Awful fucking touching. <laughs> Top Dollar runs him through and then he's just annoyed that he doesn't die quick enough. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake, die, will you? Give me that thing. 
Is that the? Is that when he puts his sword through the throat? Yeah, he takes Granger's. And that then he was takes, fucking tough, he man. He takes Granger's gun and then just shoots him. Yeah, Granger tells him that Funboy told him he saw a bird too. Yeah, this scene is with those comedic lines though that we were talking about. In just Love Michael Wincott is just eating he all is, of the scenery. Yeah. Like every, well, as we talked about last last week, everybody in this movie is just Fucking chewing nice. scenery. We hear strains of a guitar solo. Zarek plays on the uh, loft roof, mm. and at home, Sarah is flipping through her record collection and pulls out the Hangman's Joke record on vinyl and plays it. Birds at the window. She has a little chat with it, <laughs> trying to be friends with the bird, and the record starts to skip on the line. It can't rain all the time because mm. it's from one of their songs. Crowvision, we find T-Bird and Skank on the street. Do love me a bit of Crowvision. Yeah, lamenting the death of uh, Tintin. Is Crowvision to replace bits where the cowboy nope. would have been? Nope. Okay. No, it's just a stylistic choice. Okay. It's a, it's a really good way to transition us through scenes. Yeah, right. There's a lot of that. We get a lot of the crow flying to transition us between yeah. sequences. Because I was just thinking like the crow is essentially his guide now yep. although he still was in the uh, the first cut yep. of the movie but now there's no skull cowboy so like the skull cowboy only shows up like three or four times yeah it's weird. not like he's in tons of scenes okay okay cool, yeah cool, cool. so the crow vision i think was already in there so they're using a a lens filter to make it all to make it look like that which is, there's a lot of cool. visual storytelling with the whole like change of color like i know it's obvious because of the crow vision but like Color throughout this whole fucking thing is just massive i'm gonna talk about color at some point okay cool yeah exciting <laughs> to talk about color, you excited to talk about color? I like color. <laughs> uh huh. As much as you love Brandon Lee, I love Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee's great in this. Brandon Lee's fighting skills are way better than everybody else's. I love Brandon Lee movies. Nowhere near as much as I love Brandon <laughs> Lee. Okay. T Bird <laughs> sends Skank into a store for smokes and road beers. Uh, he goes over to his car. Of course, Eric is in the back seat. Always check your back seat. Mm. Yeah. What the fuck are you supposed to be? I'm your passenger. Skank sees him through the window. What's this happy horseshit? Do you guys notice something strange about that line? We cut to inside the sword of Skank saying, what's this happy horseshit? He's clearly deeper into the store. He's not near the window. Because originally in this scene, that store is getting held up. Okay. By just a random dude with like a shotgun. And so Skank's line is actually not a reaction to seeing... Because it doesn't T-bird. feel like blocking-wise he could doesn't see them. It doesn't make any sense, yeah. right? It's not a reaction to They just seeing, decided, oh, if we're going to cut that scene, I don't want to cut that line, so we'll just yeah. use it over here. So we're just using it as, as, as a transition. Now, I don't know what the purpose of the like the store being robbed was, like other than to delay skank maybe. Yeah. Mm. So there's a whole section of that that was that was cut out of the movie. This is weird as well because like, is skank meant to have seen the crow in the car? He's meant to have seen, yes. He's meant to have seen... T-Bird and Eric. Right, okay. There like, is actually a shot through the window where you can see both of them clearly. Right. That is played like Skank's POV. Okay. It just doesn't make sense because he's further into the store than he would be to have that POV. Yeah, correct. I just thought there was a weird like connection between Skank and, and um, oh God, what's his name? T-Bird. T-Bird. Um, because they are quite close in for some reason and I just thought him taking off would panic. Um, Skank. So that's why yeah. he's chasing him. Skank runs into the street and immediately gets hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. The, also, the driver's reaction the, is fucking wild. The guy that gets out of the car. What the fuck's the matter with you, you stupid ass hair? 
the and fuck? just starts beating up the person he just hit. Yeah. Skank steals the car and gives chase. In the car with T-Bird, Eric is telling him to go faster. And here's where I'm going to talk about the back lot because this is one of the scenes that makes really great use of it. Every single exterior in this movie is a street at Screen Gems, Wilmington, North Carolina, the studio. Right. It was their standing New York street set and it's tiny. It's three blocks. It does. Can I just say this whole movie feels like it's on a bit of a model. You know what I mean? Like there's a feel to this that you're like in a little like Lego kit or like (laughs) somewhere with a track that you can just put the cars around, you know? Yeah. So every time that you are outside on the street, it's the same three blocks. Just shot from different angles to make it look differently. Can I ask as well, when they do like streets side by side down Nally, which we're going to get a shot of soon, Mm -hmm. is that streets that they actually on the lot would have side by side and you can see down the alley? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. So it was built for a Mickey Rourke movie called Year of the Dragon in 1986 and it's literally just in the middle of a field. wants to win this thing, do you? You don't like it, resign. Maybe everybody's right. I'm chasing something that doesn't exist. This is not the Bronx or Brooklyn. It's not even New York. It's Chinatown, right? Can be very easy or it can be very hard. You care too much, Stanley. How can anybody care too much? (laughs) I checked that movie out between uh, last week and this week. Mm -hmm. I watched like the first half hour of it. I'm going to watch the rest of it because I was like, this is kind of interesting. He plays uh, like a corrupt cop who takes over the Chinatown precinct where there's a lot of like gang wars and stuff. I love that. And it's the same stretch of street. It looks exactly, almost exactly the same, except for the fact that it was filled with Chinese signs and neon signage to make it look like Chinatown in New York. Don't. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's the same street from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> from the final fight where they get end up onto the roof. Oh my God. With And they fight Shredder. It's the same street. It's the same wow. section of street. Fuck yeah. Yep. When they took it over, it was in really bad shape because you know something else that Wilmington is, is kind of famous for? Yeah. Yeah, I do. What is that? Wilmington, North Carolina. Why do I know that name? 
because I've mentioned it like ten times on the podcast. No, but there's there's things that I know outside of your. Well, it's your on the Gulf Coast. What's the Gulf Coast famous for? Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Oh, right. Yeah, they built an outdoor street set in a place that is often hit with hurricanes. <laughs> so right. the set was not in good condition when they took it over. They had to do quite a lot of work to make it to make it usable again. And is as it I mentioned, still there? I don't think so. I think that set is gone. The studio is still there. It's screamed. It's still screen gems, and it's also the same studio where Dawson's Creek. The interiors yeah. were, were set for Dawson's Creek and everything. Just else wondering whether it would have still the outside bit would have still been I, there. When I have they a were feeling shooting. it's not. I've tried to because they did do a New York episode. At one point in Dawson's Creek, and I'm wondering yeah. if they used that. If they it used could have still been there. I'm not. I think it was either torn down or whatever in the late '90s. So maybe, depending right. on what season. And as I mentioned, the studio used to be owned by Dino De Laurentiis. Apparently, in a field behind the set was the rotting, full-size top half of King Kong. Okay. Oh, from the <laughs> really 19- worried with how that sentence started. The rotting the, what? From <laughs> the 1976 version of King Kong that Dino produced. Which was also a bunch of it was shot in Wilmertinger as well. It is 1976. The American merchant vessel Petrox Explorer has just set sail from the port of Surabaya in search of oil. What they find will shock the world. We may be sailing into the history books. She's alive! You know, maybe my luck has changed. They will discover an uncharted island that is the home of the most incredible creature on the face of the earth. A creature called Khan. presents the most exciting original motion picture event of all time. Jessica Lange as the beauty who charmed the beast and starring the eighth wonder of the world King Kong I would like to see that please yeah <laughs> I would like to, to that to be something that I could walk around a corner and see yeah so the the set was obviously also used for King Kong that's no 
King Kong is 1976. Yeah. The set was built in 1986. Ah. The Dragon. So, no, it's just the same field. Apparently, even getting to it, they had to, because they were shooting entirely at nights, it was kind of treacherous to get out. To, yeah. To oh, right, yeah. So they had to kind of like build walkways and things to get out to the New York street set because it's literally in the middle of a field. That's dope. Yeah. Oh, I wonder why they would must, do it. Must look so weird from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and do they do it to like in, in a field like that to like help with sound or something? No, like, it's why just because that, that was where the open flat, flat space was. Right. Okay. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So this whole chase is shot in those three blocks. <laughs> That's so mad. every time you see those cars driving, they're just driving past the same buildings over and over and over again. Except for the wharf, right? Angles. Surely that's well, on a location. Yeah, that's at the yeah. end of the, the – but that's a, a shipyard at the end of the, yeah. end of the shoot. Yeah. But they don't drive there. They drive in the in the, yeah. in the, back, in the back lot. I love the cops. They're the best. And I love the fact that when they take off, they actually spill their drink. They like, do. I yeah. fucking love that. What the crap? <laughs> <laughs> what the crap? What? <laughs> The cops don't swear. I know. <laughs> Such a good time. You're making us popular. When they flash their lights like that, that means they aren't friends. <laughs> we also get intercut with this scene, car POV shots. So shots from like the front of a car speeding through a stri- through the streets or models. This oh, wow. To okay. expand the scene. Oh. Cool. To expand the look of the building. So they keep on. That's their, impressive. They're intercutting shots shot on the same three blocks of the car speeding by. They've got a couple of alleyways that we see through as well, right? Yeah. And then model shots to make it look like we're driving through different parts of the city. There's a couple of overhead shots that are that are, Wait, that are models as well. What is a model? What do you mean? Like is the cars a model? No, it's a model. It's a POV shot from the car's perspective. Right, okay. Sorry, sorry, so sorry. the city is a model. Cool, 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 cool. Because I was going to say like – some of those shots being a model would be... Model cars are not... It, model cars are in movies. Yeah? Yeah. Very much? All the time. Really? In this era, yeah. Okay. That's yep. surprising to hear. Can I just say, though, the, this chase scene is some of the most frantic... Like, I feel like this was some of those scenes that may have been stitched together because... Cutting no, down, it's just no. edited quickly because it's a chase sequence. Right, okay. Because yeah. there, there is some parts of this movie that feel like they're kind of stitched together, but I think that's more just a frantic tone that I'm misreading. Yep. Skank gets T-boned by a cop car and he ends up losing T-boned. And then, yeah, the docks at a shipyard, which is just a, in Wilmington shipyard onto, mm. the, onto, the, um, onto the Gulf Coast. Eric asks T-boned if he remembers killing him and Shelley. It was meant to be a simple sweep and clear and it turned into a clusterfuck. Who cares? Well, Eric cares. He's... Gaff taped him to the seat and the wheel. T-Bird looks at Eric and we get a flash of him coming into the loft and then he remembers Eric's face. And I, lo- I fucking love this. Mm. this. This sequence is amazing. I knew I knew you. I knew I knew you. But it ain't you. It can't be you. We put you through the window. There ain't no coming back. This is the really real world. There ain't no coming back. We killed you dead. And there ain't no coming back. There ain't no coming back. There ain't no coming back. <laughs> that's, that's one of those moments that like, you had a good day at the word factory. Oh, that's a lot of the same words. But, but yeah, like, I think a lot a scene, of that is the is the actor. You reckon? Yeah. Because that as a scene, like I feel like that in a comic book is like so like, it's like breaking the fourth. It's like noticing the fourth wall, but not breaking it. You know what mm. I mean? It's really nice. T-Bird is played by David Patrick Kelly, who rules. Yeah. Do you know him? I know his face. I don't know where I know Do him you from. Know him? Not off the top of my head. Oh, this is a good time. You should know him. Yeah. His very first movie. Three Ninjas. I mean, that would be, <laughs> that would be pretty obvious. <laughs> that would be like a year before this. His very first movie, he played Luther in The Warriors. 
fucking knew it. He's he's the one that's Warriors. a little bit tweaked, right? Warriors come out to play. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The guy that shoots Cyrus at the beginning of the movie. That's so weird. I yeah, had a Warriors feel through this fucking movie. He's in 48 Hours. Kira has seen him as Sully in Commando. Oh, He's yeah. one of the henchman goons in Commando. Right. You're a funny guy, Sully. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Oh. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. He worked with David Lynch and Spike Lee a lot. He's in Wild at Heart and Twin Peaks. Of course. He Drink. is. He's, Drink. He's Jerry Horn. Brother Ben, this is the best damn sandwich I ever ate. It's a baguette with brie and butter. I had four of these damn things every day I was there. You gotta try this thing. Here, go ahead, eat it. Go ahead, go ahead. Mm, that is incredible, Jam. <laughs> He's Ben Horn's brother and Audrey Horn's uncle. Ah, okay. Huh. The one that's always bringing the like yeah. the, the Swedes and the Icelandic, yeah, yeah, and bringing yeah. on tours. That's him. That's David Patrick Kelly. Right. Okay. Yes. He is. He. Funnily enough, I fucking when I first watched The Warriors, I fucking hated that man. In equal parts, was terrified of that man. Mm-hmm. I'm not finished. But he makes that movie. I'm not finished. Really. He is, he is Charlie the cleaner in the first and third John Wick movies. Good to see you, John. Charlie. You look good. And here I'd feared you'd left all this behind. Oh, hectic. <laughs> Dude, there is such a... I didn't say this before, but even in the, like, bad guy's building, there is just aesthetically the way this is shot. There's so much of a John Wick vibe throughout this whole movie. Just Stahelski. Yeah, no, I know. Movies, yeah. yeah, but it's so clear. So clear. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I watched John Wick 2 last night. It's a good time. <laughs> I'm preparing myself for four. Yeah, boy. It runs, like, ten minutes under three hours. This <laughs> is so, so Apparently. It deserves Apparently, so. the final action sequence runs an hour. Holy like shit. Like, the last hour is just... Imagine filming that. Joe. Do you yeah, reckon yeah. they're going to do some crazy one-shot business? Well, they do lots of long takes, but yeah, they do long takes because they can do stuff not really... It's different. It's different than doing one. I was watching now one take fat fight scene. <laughs> they are gonna Worth apparently it. they're gonna take a break. It's not gonna yeah. be another one for a little while. Yeah, he needs fair to enough. have a nap. Eric tapes his head back. He's quoting Milton's Paradise Lost: "Abashed, the devil stood and felt how awful goodness is." Ah, so it's actually yeah, classical literature. Eric rigs the car to drive and tosses a grenade in his little wave. Yeah, as the car little, goes. It's little fantastic. Two, little two finger wave yeah. as, the, as the car goes. Now, I like if there's any part of you that feels bad for T Bird, you just got to remember like if you have that many explosives in your car, either this is going to happen or someone's going to back into you and you're gonna you're gonna die. Yeah, I mean he may as well be driving a Pinto. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Skank is there just in time to see it explode. And then the fucking music during the sequence is just incredible. Like the way the score rises. (laughs) 
And then, of course, Eric lights a flaming crow made in lighter fluid. Because I'm Batman. <laughs> oh, he's way better than Batman. But, like, seriously, even this dock scene, like, I know Batman does this whole sequence by the docks. Like, in, in you know the one that I'm referencing in the first first movie? Which first movie? The first Christian Bale movie. So in Batman Begins. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that whole sequence lifts from this little scene. They're both you know just I mean? scenes that happen at docks, man. But the vibe, okay, yeah, I'm reaching. But <laughs> like the so vibe reaching. is so similar. It's not similar. even shot the similar. It's all in like, it's in a cont- in containers. There's no vehicle. Yeah. There's no fire. Like what the fuck are you talking about? The vibe and the tone. Okay. They and both have docks at night. And the fact that he lights a fucking crow symbol, which just made me see the parallel. You know what I mean? Okay, sure. Daytime. Daytime. One of our very few daytime scenes is Devil's Night. Grange finds Eric Gra- Eric's grave empty. And How has no one checked that grave already? It's, it's, I don't think there's a lot of like public services in this town. <laughs> Not a groundskeeper around? No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> I mean, look at the state of the church. Yeah, fair. We'll talk about the state of the church a little bit later. Dallas cooking eggs. You like them up or over? I can't remember. What are you doing? I don't even like eggs. Wait, you loved eggs. Yeah, when I was five. So what do you want now? Like coffee and cigarettes? <laughs> she's trying to reconnect with her daughter after last night, but Sarah just thinks that she's acting weird. As she goes to throw the eggs away, Sarah's like, over easy. I like them over easy. Yeah, it's cute. It's cute. At the station, Torres shows Albrecht a picture of T-Bird's charred corpse. Looks like he zigged when he should have hacked. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, a good time. Torres is not amused. He thinks uh, that Albrecht might be covering for somebody, some type of vigilante. The shit they give each other is gold. Yeah, and then uh, Torres tells him, welcome to the first day of your suspension. Yeah. He's out. Sarah goes to the loft. We see Eric burning photos. Mm. and get some more flashes of him and Shelly together. There's a shot of them hugging, spinning in a field that has like this crazy tobacco filter. Mm. The city is in the distance. It's really beautiful. It's great. That's a homage to the place where they're killed in the comic. Ah. In the comic, they're killed by the side of the road out in the countryside oh, right. for the engagement ring. Ah. Right? And obviously they changed it for the for the movie. I also have just like lifted that shot. <laughs> I've stolen that shot <laughs> so many times. Oh, you have to. Yeah, I have to. Kira's like, what? Which one? It's and like, then yeah. I remembered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doing the mental Rolodex. As Sarah comes in, Eric's gone. She finds Gabriel, a kitty. So hmm. she gets a kitty. This she is thought he was dead. All of this like with him in, in there and then Sarah coming in. It's I, I get this feeling every time we're in that attic as well, like, it's such a stage play in there. You know what I mean? Like it feels very theatrical. Maybe it's just the set. Maybe. It's just a cool yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a circular window probably that does it. Very yeah. true. She sees the smoke from the fire and talks out loud. She knows that he's here. I knew it was you. Even with the makeup. I remembered your song. You said, can't rain all the time. That is from your song, right? Come on, Eric, I know you're here. I miss you and Shelly. so lonely all by myself. She gets fed up and goes to leave and the sun comes out. 
casting his shadow on the wall. Tell us you. I thought you cared. He's back and we never see his face because none oh, of this is Brendan Lane. Him. No. There is one line of dialogue where he says, Sarah, it's cut from another part of the movie oh. into, the, into this scene because this is all, as I said, almost everything in the loft. Like what was left was dialogue Lots scenes and it was a lot of dialogue with Sarah. Yeah, hectic. So this scene they did with Stahelski. I did feel at one point like watching this for the pod, I was like, Sarah's character isn't as like in it as I remember her being and like not as as important. But now that obviously makes sense, like it's still like the funny thing is, is my memory of this movie is she was very important. What What's really interesting is, is that later she talks about what she, what she and Eric talked about, but we never see it. So the movie does oh, some. The movie does some. It's that thing where we're going to show don't you. See it. We're going to yeah. trick you into thinking you saw something that you didn't see. Yeah. Because she talks about what he said to her later. Yeah. Yeah, that's very fascinating. At Top Dollars, Skank is explaining what happened to T Bird to Top Dollar and Grange. That's him. That's him. But he looked different. He was all painted up white like some kind of dead whore. I seen him. T-Bird, he sent me in for some robots, right? And he took him away, but I chased him down. And he flat right T-Bird to his fucking car. Oh, T-Bird, you, buddy. We ought to just videotape this, play it back in slow motion. Because <laughs> it's all just gibberish. Yeah. <laughs> Grange is a believer. He saw the empty grave. Three out of four. Whoever this is is working his way back to Skank. Top Dollar does not believe it's a ghost. It's just a kid. It's yeah. just a kid in a car. <laughs> it's not a ghost. Can't be. At Maxi Dogs, Albrecht finds Sarah. Uh, we get Rage Against the Machine song, Darkness, playing on the radio. Nice. They talk about both having seen Eric, which is where she tells him what Eric said. That yeah. He can't hang out with her because she's alive. But like, essentially. also just like, again, recognition for characters fucking talking to each other. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. The cat. It's a kitty. I don't remember. You didn't notice the cat. You notice a you notice a whiskey glass changing levels. Damn it! But you yeah. don't notice the, the cat. No, I didn't. The cat is so pissed off. Really? It's, yes. The cat's <laughs> tail is going fucking nuts. Why? Because it's tied to the counter so that it mm. can't leave. Mm. The, there's these pickle jars in front of like the back half of its body that are there to hide the fact that it's ha- got a little harness on. Oh, the poor the little table. thing. Because so they're able to train the the, the ravens to- You cannot train a cat. Cats to, to, suck. To, to hit a mark, but you, <laughs> can't train a, you can't train a cat to just sit on a counter for no, a minute. The cats <laughs> are evil. cat did not want to sit there. So the <laughs> cat is going nuts. Like if you notice in the scene, Rochelle Davis, who plays Sarah, like is patting the cat, clearly trying to like- get the Calm cat to settle, da- to settle down. <laughs> but its tail is like going fucking ape shit during the whole scene. Should have been Poor a dog. Kitty. No. <laughs> Eric shreds guitar on a rooftop as the sunset. He fucking shreds. Welcome to the last act, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs>
ever love that shit when there's something that's like calling out that this is the last act? Yeah. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it's just like, fuck yeah, we're getting to the climax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brandon Lee learned how to play guitar for this movie. Really? But that is not him. That is no, of course not. Because I was shot afterwards. Yeah. yeah. They hadn't shot that. But you'd it. want like far away shots of him actually doing like chords and stuff like that. Yeah. So Eric smashes the guitar and the sound of the guitar smashing transitions into the song After the Flesh by the band My Life is the Thrill Kill Cult <laughs> playing at Club Trash. Big model fly through the city. We get a big transition yeah, model right. fly through the city into and then into Club Trash. This was meant to be Nine Inch Nails playing oh. on this stage. Yeah. So we see the actual band playing. Yeah. Because it's a because it's a nightclub. I don't know how much you guys know about Nine Inch Nails. Brody knows fuck all. Yeah, not really a fan, but Love respect. Me. They're the greatest. Trent Reznor is the only permanent member of the band. Really, yeah. they're the the touring band that plays his solo stuff mm-hmm. right. under the name Nine Inch Nails. Right. right. He had just fired one of his his guitarists. Um, he'd agreed to be in this movie, but he fired one of his guitarists and didn't want to be captured on film with this new guitarist in case it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, right. So this band got the shot instead to be in this to be in this movie. Now, Nine Inch Nails didn't need to be in this movie. They're already kind of big at this stage or big, yeah. for, big for them. Trent Reznor is in this movie. Oh, he where? Is. He's crowd surfing during this scene and you can just see him clear as day if you know what Trent Reznor looks like in 1993. I remember the first time that I spotted him, I was like, holy shit, that is fucking Trent Reznor. (laughs) I know that that is Trent Reznor. But I couldn't look it up to see if it was Trent Reznor because internet. Internet. And then many years later, it's like, yes, that is in fact Trent Reznor. (laughs) Upstairs. Money, guns, drugs, and a gathering of stuntmen. Yes. (laughs) T-Bird has assembled all of the gangs in the city. I love it when a when a, when a leader does this. Yeah, it's brought all the gangs together. It's just like in Rapid Fire. <laughs> yes, it is. T Bird won't be joining them due to a slight case of death. Yeah, it's tough when that happens. Yeah, Devil's Night is upon us again. Shall we throw a little party, light a bunch of fires, make a little profit? Michael likes the pretty lights. This is fully like such a comic book villain scene. Oh, hey? yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is like, I know I've called it out a lot, but this is like the Joker meeting the gangs in the Christian Bale Batmans. You know what I mean? So Watch other movies, man. No, but like, I, like do. I love those movies, but watch other movies. But it's it's so funny because I didn't see The Crow. I haven't seen The Crow recently in right. such a long time. Because this is because this is a trope when it happens in this movie. Yeah. Like the the head boss. We saw it in Wild Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all the gangs together. We saw it. At, well, you didn't see it in Delta Force 2, the Colombian. Sure. Thing. Like we saw it in we saw it in Showdown Little Tokyo. But like it's, 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 it's a, I know it's a trope that happens, but it's also just- because it's Batman is the most comic booky recreation of that that I know recently. Sure. And I haven't seen The Crow in years. So rewatching it, I was like, oh my God. It's it's fucking the the original Christian Bale Batman. Okay. <laughs> Watch other movies. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Top Dollar's bored. He's done this all before. I love that he's like, mm, I'm kinda like, I'm kinda sick of this shit. Yeah. A gang member tells him, "No reason to quit." That is Jeff Amato. Ah, hectic stunt coordinator of this movie and Rapid Fire, and, uh-huh. and Brendan Lee's childhood friend, oh, that we've right. now talked about several times. Good man. Just and the only line he gets in this movie. Yep. Top Dollar tells him it's the best reason to quit, only reason to quit. He rants about the idea: greed is for amateurs, yeah. disorder, chaos, anarchy. That's fun. So, like, it is the kind of like anarchist, like nihilist view that he has. So he's he's a baddie because he wanted to make things 
crazy, but now he's the top baddie, so things are too structured again. Yeah. Right, a- okay. A- another gang member asked him, What about Devil's Night? Thomas Rosales Jr., who we saw in Future Cop 3. <laughs> it's the guy robbing the liquor store at the start of Future Cop 3. Wearing the flannel. Yeah, so... We saw him. I told you, he's in fucking everything. He's the guy that's one of the Hectic. bus passengers in Speed and I listed all his credits. One yeah, one yeah, 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 okay. What about it? I started the first fires in this goddamn city. Where I knew it, every shot of shit, he was imitating me. Do you know what they got now? Devil's night greeting cards. Isn't that precious? Gangsters are very confused. You don't want us to start fires? <laughs> <laughs> No, I want you to set a fire so goddamn big the gods will notice us again. That's what I'm saying. I want all of you boys to be able to look me straight in the eye one more time and say, Are we having fun or what? Hey, you! Huh? What's your name? Skank. You don't feel that? I feel like a little worm on a big fucking hook. <laughs> I feel like a little worm on a big fucking hook. Well, boy, your mama must be damn proud of you. <laughs> it's such a good fucking line. I feel like a little worm on a big fucking hook. Well, boy, your mama must be damn proud of you. <laughs> I, I don't understand it, but it's a fucking great line. Top dollars having a good time. The crow lands on the table and Eric just walks in like he fucking owns the place and yeah. sits cross-legged. The so jump good. to the cross-legged. I yeah. mentioned it in the first one, but it's so fucking baller. The, there's like this kind of like murmur that goes through the gangsters and top dollar. You're him, huh? The Avenger. Killer of killers. Nice outfit. Not sure about his face, though. I just want him. <laughs> well, you can have him. Well. I see you have made your decision. Now let's see you enforce it. Oh, this is already boring the shit out of me. Kill him! <laughs> And Eric is hit with one Sonny at the toll booth in The Godfather worth of bullets. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, you like that one? Yeah. <laughs> that was a good day at the word factory. He falls back and they think he's dead. And then just fucking chaos. The guy that gets murked from under the table is great. The, the Throughout this scene, I just couldn't help but watch this one particular uh, henchman who was wearing a white singlet tucked into black pants with uh-huh. berets and beret and a wife beater yep. uh, and wayfarers. Mm-hmm. First of all, stylish. That is a fucking look. Uh-huh. But he also gets monstered in a little bit. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> Top Dollar Grange and Micah escape and Eric just fucking kills everybody, right? So it's wild. There are so many spark hits and chunky squibs. Yeah. There's a lot of comic bookiness to this as well. Well, There's a lot of playfulness in it. Yeah. I think that this gunfight is very heavily influenced by John Woo's action classic Hard Boiled and The Killer. Okay. This is so Hong Kong gunfight from from like the late 80s translated into into American cinema. Eric does the diving two gun firing. Yeah, true, which true, is true. Which has not happened in American cinema yet. Oh, or has happened very rarely in American in American cinema. Right. Okay. So massively influenced by Hard Boiled and The Killer. 
this this sequence. If you look closely, you can see the same stunt guys in different clothing getting marked again. Oh, again. yeah, for sure. <laughs> because they had a really small stunt team. There was only uh, about six or seven guys that Jeff Amato was able to bring out from LA. Yeah. And then there's a couple of like randos that they hired in Wilmington. So you see the same guys get killed in this sequence over and over and over again. That's you fantastic. Just, you just kind of made something dawn on me. It was before the kind of John Woo gunfight thing yep. was the standard for American gunfights, the kind of stationary fire heaps yep. of bullets and then like dive like I'm dying. Or commando to take no cover and just shoot and just like walk out of yeah, cover. Yeah, like a fight. cowboy standing there going bang, bang, yeah, bang, yeah. bang. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. So this is massively inf- So it's 1994. So in the 80s-ish that started to change then? Well, no. So it changed when John Woo came to Hollywood. Hard Target came out in 1993 with Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's John okay. Woo's first American, first American movie. This movie was shot in 93. So I think it must be influenced by John Woo's Hong Kong movies as opposed to Right. To Do you John have the Woo. cover there that I can have a look at? Hard Target. I can't remember you don't it. Know Hard Target? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know it's, if I've seen it, but Jean that is definitely Jean-Claude iconic. Jean-Claude Mullet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hard Target rules. Okay. There is an explosion in Hard Target that is like, how did anyone survive? <laughs> the movie is so insane. Yeah, it's nuts. not safe kind of thing. Oh, it's just great. It's just a different <laughs> style, of, just a style of doing things. Eric ends up pulling a katana out of Top Dollar's House of Knives. Yeah. And, I was uh, like, great choice. Please show us some moves. It's also straight out of the book. He does ah. use a katana in the, in the book. Skank ends up hiding underneath the table. He kicks her out the window, the crowd downstairs listening uh, to the band scatters, the band scatters as well. Mm. Eventually it's just Eric and Skank. Guess it's not a good day to be a bad guy, huh, Skank? That's not Skank. Skank's dead. Oh, yeah. I forgot that he walked in and to all the baddies, he's just like, I don't give a fuck about what you guys are doing. I just want him. Yeah, he's <laughs> just there to get yeah, Skank. Yeah, that's baller. Yeah. He's not even there to get top dollar. He yeah. doesn't know about top dollar. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Once he kills Skank, he thinks it's over. Yeah. He ends up throwing Skank out a window. He lands on a cop car. So What good. the crap? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Skank is played by Angel David. He's not in much other than this that I could find. Yeah. I haven't really seen him in other in other things. The cops come in. They tell him to freeze. Eric's dance out of frame. Oh, I love the, the little shuffle. He does a little. Well, he puts his hands up and like dances out. Like yeah, a, like a uh, like a nineteen thirties. He's in a nineteen thirties musical. Yeah, it's amazing. So it's so such a that choice. adds to the cartooniness. Yeah, of it's this. such a great choice. Yeah, he gets chased. By a helicopter as he's running off uh, across the rooftops. There is some digital composite shots here that have not aged well <laughs> because he's running across the. T- in order for them yeah. to have the rooftops, him running and the helicopter in a single frame. This is another one of those very frantic scenes that I felt like maybe there was some seams being hidden, but it still turned out. There's really no. Nice. There's nothing is hidden here. In order for, to have those three elements in a single shot it has to be a composite shot because okay. they can't actually film all those things on their tiny backlot set. He ends up jumping off a roof and crashing through part of a billboard and into a trash pile. <laughs> um, that's a hell of a stunt. I'm pretty yeah. sure that that is Jeff Caladenti. He's uh, Brendan Lee's original stunt double for the movie. And yeah, he like clips the hell out of that, that billboard and goes it's into fucking heavy. the pile of trash. Now the pile of trash is actually just hiding a, a bag yeah. for him to, to fall into, but still a hell of a stunt. Yeah, Albrecht picks him up and Eric jumps into the back into the back seat. Next time, Doc. So many cops think they're giving away donuts. Albrecht slams on his brakes to avoid hitting some cops that are passing in front of him, and Eric just disappears. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? With Top Dollar in his limo, he's looking out 
they're crossing a bridge and looking out at a city that's not on fire the way he likes it. Yeah. Look at that out there. Old city ought to be in flames by now. Sky ought to be red. So that, I take it, is the late, great Eric Draven. He has power, but it is power you can take from him. I like him already. The crow is his link between the land of the living and the realm of the dead. So kill the crow and destroy the man. I love this. I love how he starts to like giggle and cackle as well. He's so evil and so good. <laughs> Eric walks the streets alone, the quiet mm. streets. His mission is over. Takes off his coat and tells Shelly that he's coming home. Coming home, Shelly. And we get his face lit up by flashlights as we see kids running through the streets trick or treating because the kid because the streets are safe. Yeah, he's one. It's fucking beautiful. I love this section. Yeah. It's just gorgeous. I didn't actually think about kids not being able to go out and trick or treat. That yeah. that feels like very tonally out out of place because like just immediately him winning wouldn't mean there's. But kids there's out. no fires. Oh, there isn't too. There's no there's no chaos tonight. Yeah. Okay. He stopped the chaos. Okay. Stopped okay, Devil's okay. Night. Yeah. He's killed everyone who was going to set a fire. Everybody except for you know Top Dollar and Grange. Yeah, and yeah. they're not going to do it themselves. Well, they might. You know, get back to their roots. <laughs> yeah, just for shits and gigs. At the graveyard, he finds Sarah asleep on Shelley's grave. Mm, weird kid. <laughs> but also, like, yeah, it's no, fantastic. very beautiful. Yeah. Mm. So Sarah's played by Rochelle Davis. She's pretty good in this. For, yeah. for a child actor, child actors can be hit and miss. And she's mostly pretty good in this. Yeah. She um, did balance, like, the whole, like, I have attitude, but also, like, um, a kid. A kid with a heart of gold yeah. very well. So she stopped acting after this movie. Yeah, right. Obviously it had like a massive toll on her. She came back in 2009, but she's only really had three parts since then. I know that she works the convention circuit. Checking out her Instagram, she shared a really cute behind the scenes photo of her, her mum and Brendan Lee on what would have been his 58th birthday mm. about Aww. a month or so ago, which That's is cute. really sweet. In the script that I read, that character's name is Ellie. Oh. Yes. Mm, what a beautiful name. Yeah, I thought you might think so. Yeah. He wakes her up. You really say I shouldn't be in a cemetery in the middle of the night, right? Safest place in the world to be. It's because everybody's dead. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I knew you'd come here. It's really late, Sarah. You didn't say goodbye. You're just going to have to forgive me for that. He gives her Shelly's ring. I gave this to Shelly once. I think she'd like you to have it. This way you'll always remember her. I'll never take it off. As she passes the church, Grange grabs her and drags her inside to Top Dollar, mm. who's waiting inside. He rips the ring off of her. Do you guys notice anything strange about this set? No. 
Have no. we seen it before? No, we haven't seen the inside of the church yet, but if you looking, if you know what to look for, there's something very interesting about this set. Because uh, in the HD, it's fucking clear as day. Is it about the structure of the building? Yeah. Uh, but how it's missing a wall? No. <laughs> the wall on the right just fades to black because there is no wall there. <laughs> <laughs> they only had three walls. I love for that. For this set. This sequence was shot so close to the end of production, the first round of production, that they'd run out of money to finish building the set. Hilarious. So they just built it with three walls and it just falls to falls to black. You can, in the HD version, you can basically just see where the set ends because <laughs> it doesn't fade to black. It just goes to, it goes to black because yeah. they blacked in the side of the side of the set. That is very funny. I didn't notice it, but I did have a very now that I've pointed it out. uncompleted feeling from now it. Now that I've pointed it out, you will never not notice it. Okay. <laughs> Micah tells Sarah that her eyes are so innocent. Eric sees Sarah dragged into the church by a crow vision. And yeah. was the church. This is where the skull cowboy showed up. Quit screwing around. Your job is done. The problems of the living are not your concern. It's not that easy. Get out of my way. You risked everything. I took that risk and lost. That's your story. You will go as a mortal alone. I'm already alone. Then choose. Choose and be damned. But see, this is the thing, like, I think the crow is doing him a little bit dodgy here because, like, as we find now, like, nothing happens in that town without um, Thingo's sign-off. So it is mm-hmm. part of his story. Well, kind Or of, is this a test? Kind of not really. Don't you're questioning? You're thinking about it too much. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> let's, just, let's just focus on the fact that Brendan Lee walks into this church like a goth god. Yeah, he really, he really does. does. That shot is incredible. The crows with him. There's this um, tilt down POV shot of the church and a top looking down shot that are both models because there is no full size church. <laughs> Even the interior. I love the church. Like the outside roof is fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. And how they even got the like rain to come out of the like the mouths of the things on the, mm-hmm. on the, the gargoyles. Yeah, yeah. so yep. good. Grange snipes the bird. Mm. Yeah. Top dollar does a quick impression. <laughs> quick impression for you. It was totally, totally different to what's going on, but it did make me. Oh, giggle. it's wonderful! Yeah, and Top Dollar's just deranged. Eric yeah. wants the girl. Top Dollar shoots him, and he doesn't heal. Ah, he does fuck. not. For a ghost, you bleed just fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's baller. Yeah, so good. Top Dollar's amazing. Yeah. Michael Wincott rules. Yeah, Micah has tied Sarah up into the bell tower, and Green yells out that the uh, bird's still alive. In comes Albrecht. Firing a flare gun to motivate some red lining and save the day. Yeah, that was <laughs> fucking mad. <laughs> and then we get it. We get the church gun fight. And again, there is stuff in here that feels like a almost like a lift from John Woo's The Killers. Ah. That movie ends with a with a like a twenty five minute shootout in a church. Okay, which they took thirty six days to shoot. Fuck yeah! 
I've seen that, haven't I? You've seen the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. you showed me that. that yeah. The movie's incredible. It's, that's one of those movies where you watch that movie and then you're like, yeah, movies are bad now. Yeah. <laughs> like that church, church gunfight is fucking incre- yeah, incredible. That ch- yeah, you should see that church so gunfight. Even if you don't watch that. the movie, just watch it. You can just look it up. It is on YouTube. You can just look up the church, gun, church gunfight. It, it yeah. helps when you're also emotionally involved with the, with the, with the characters in that scene. But I, w- I want to watch it's it. It's incredible. You should watch Tell that movie. Tell you what, I'm fucking ashamed with how little I watch movies for just like watching them for technique and how good they are at doing things They're, these It's days. also a good movie. Like the yeah. thing is, it's not, yeah, all that stuff because, because I mean, that's how I, I look at stuff because, you know, I love movies and, and love how movies are made. But, yeah. but that movie is also just a fucking great movie. Yeah. But it's just, it's just cool that you guys are like, we've studied this scene, haven't <laughs> we? <laughs> yeah. 36 days to shoot this single gunfight in a, in a church for the end of the killer. I yeah. know I'm talking about a different movie, but I no, just want to talk yeah. about um, which is, yeah, longer than some whole movies. Yeah. F- fuck yeah. That's right? longer than fucking Charles Band's like half of his collection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could shoot three Charles Band movies in that time. Uh, and when you see that scene, you understand why it took so, so long to shoot it. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Micah grabs the crow and Albrecht kills Grange with Top Dollar fleeing up the tower. I feel like the crow gets unceremoniously dealt with. What do you mean? He's just a little bird. Gets <laughs> shot and then gets manhandled. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. I feel bad. Ken doesn't like birds, but I understand how you feel. I like crows. I like all birds. This is Roman. As we're talking about. <laughs> Came by to show my respects and here I'm getting sharp again. So they come up with a plan. The plan is, well, Albrecht comes up with a plan. The plan is for Eric to stay in front and when they run out of ammo, Albrecht will arrest them. Yeah. <laughs> One problem, I'm not invincible anymore. Yeah, their banter here is so good. They like, you can tell for a moment, Brandon Lee slips into his like, Brendan Lee action star like bands. If you think so. <laughs> Top Dollar gives his sister a gun and kisses her goodbye. Taking Sarah with him up to the roof. Albrecht charges in and just gets shot straight away. Yeah. Like takes two <laughs> steps, gets shot. Uh, we need Albrecht out of the way. I think I messed up. Yeah. <laughs> Eric walks up the stairs and confronts Micah, who's holding the crow. And she starts saying that this is all the power he ever had and now it's mine. And then the crow just eats out her eyes. Yeah. For reasons. Because she's fucked with people's eyes the whole movie. Yeah. She gets done. It's poetic justice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good time. Well, how else is a bird going to attack someone? That's a good way for a bird to attack someone. It's exactly. a go for the soft parts of the, of the face. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Shall I teach my bird to attack people's eyes? I sure. think you should. Just not mine, please. <laughs> <laughs> but you're her, your main enemy. Yeah, no, she's mainly naturally occurring <laughs> enemy, along with Alex Trebek. Rest in peace. <laughs> Yeah, she falls down the tower and then rings the bell, which is a nice touch. On the mm. roof, Top Dollar versus Eric. Oh, I love this. Eric tells Top Dollar to let her go. Never a good idea when you're up in a high place. No. Yeah. Why would you do that? Because Top Dollar does that. He pushes her off the roof and she slides down, holding on to the uh, wet tiles because it's rainy as fuck here. Yeah. They fight. Top Dollar's goes sword. Love this. In a gun movie, how do you reduce, in a gun comic book movie, how do you get the hero and the villain to reduce down to just having a fucking sword fight? I don't know. Maybe have an eccentric villain that has a sword. Sure. Okay. But how are we going to get our hero to have a sword? Well, he's going to get struck by lightning as he pulls a lightning rod off the top of the church. Fucking dope. Fucking amazing. Yeah. It's so fucking good. And it's so like... It's such a gothic design yeah. that when he pulls it off and starts using it as a sword, you're like, I didn't even see that coming. Sorry, I haven't seen this in so long. I forgot <laughs> oh, they I have it. a fucking sword fight on a it's roof. Great. It's so fantastic. This whole roof 
is built inside a studio. Oh, you would hope so. Just the top part. (laughs) Good job. Just the top part, rain machines and smoke, and it looks like they're outside at night. Um, Fucking great. There are a couple of bigger, wider shots that are model shots with them Uh, composited into them. It's funny how, like, you actually feel like this is a slippery, crumbling roof. Yeah, it's great. Really well put together. Yeah. The ring falls out of Top Dollar's pocket and rolls into a cutter. Eric goes to save Sarah, and Top Dollar runs him through. Mm. And then as Top Dollar is gloating. You know, my daddy used to say, every man's got a devil, and you can't rest till you find him. What happened back there with you and your girlfriend? I cleared that building. Hell, nothing in this town happens without my say-so. So I'm sorry if I spoiled your wedding plans there, friend. But if it's any consolation to you, you have put a smile on my face. You got a lot of spirits, son. I am going to miss you. Eric has something to give him. I have something to give you. I don't want it anymore. Thirty hours of pain. all of Shelley's torment in, and pain as she died into him. Top dollar falls and is impaled by a gargoyle. Oh, His beautiful impaled. running out of the mouth. Yeah. Now, I will say I wish the giving back of memories and how that can physically affect, I wish that was done when once before where he could give back memories and it like it, it builds a little bit. But it builds over the course of the movie. I know I know it was that setup and payoff, mm. but you know how like sometimes with the setup and payoff, you need a little something to like I think if it was done earlier, it wouldn't have the impact it has here. You reckon? Absolutely. Cause like when it happened, like I can't believe how much I fucking forgot about this movie. But when it happened, I was like, Oh, that's so sick. But I kind of wish I had that crumb to let me know that it was coming, you know? Nope. Nah, <laughs> okay. Hard like disagree. Hard disagree. Yeah, like it the way okay. it is. Yeah, okay. no, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> by, 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 yeah, by yeah. vote, I'm by wrong. Vote, you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's a democracy. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's a benign dictatorship. <laughs> Eric saves Sarah and they collect Albrecht. Are you alive? And his cigarette. This cigarette lighting. I love this in anything that I see it in. When someone takes a cigarette, puts it in their mouth and lights it for, for them. I don't know. It's just... The lovingness of lighting a cigarette that you're not smoking and then handing it back to someone. Okay. Love that. Okay. okay. He helped Eric, Albrecht that is. What he kept in his head saved him. Albrecht takes a drag and then spits it out. I'm quitting. <laughs> Brandon Lee's smile and laugh here kills me. Yeah. Because it just feels like, it very much feels like him. Yeah. Eric tells Sarah to stay with him and then he disappears because he does that a lot. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, Kira's going to get all. Mm. Eric goes to Shelley's grave. Mm. He scratches on two letters of the word Shelley Webster. Mm. He scratches on the E and the H. Oh, no. Eliza. Oh, my God. He scratches on his fiance's initials. I didn't know that. Oh. It's a little secret message to her in the film. Just a little... Him telling his fiance he loves her. That's beautiful. On film that is just there forever. That's beautiful. 
there's no way that's not a choice that he made. Like, yeah. there's just no way that that's a coincidence. No way. He scratches on the E and the H for Eliza Hunton. Yeah, it fucking kills me every single time. Mm. Yep. That's beautiful. In the aftermath, Sarah and Albrecht, he tells Torres he missed it and he blames Top Dollar as the vigilante. <laughs> so yeah. there is an explanation. I don't think we even need that, but nah. yeah, you get it. And then Shelley comes back to get him. See, this is when maybe the Skull Cowboy, like in saying that if you go, you're not going to see Shelley and he makes the choice to go save Sarah anyway, that would make this a little harder, but it's still a beautiful scene. Yeah, I don't know how that would have worked, but because the script that I read doesn't even really address it because it still has this scene in it. But yeah, well, I think I think the original idea is he still goes to save her despite the consequence and him almost sacrificing himself. Mm. Still, he still gets to see her. Yeah, so... Yeah, Shelley comes to get him. And the score just flat out murders my soul. just destroys me. Yeah. The crow delivers the ring to Sarah. Thanks. And over a shot of the city with the crow flying away, Sarah says, If the people we love are stolen from us, the way to have them live on is to never stop loving them. Buildings burn, people die, but real love is forever. beautiful for brendan and eliza yeah and that is the crow just quickly the steam that's coming off him at the gravesite how do they do that without just actually getting him to work out and stand in the cold he's just he's just got heat come off his body and it's so it is real yeah probably it was crazy probably, I was I don't know. How do some cardio beforehand yeah now i have a question that i don't know if you guys are going to appreciate it or not <laughs> And, like, feel free to, like, do the old Brody heave-ho. But um, in a cosmical sense, did Brendan Lee passing kind of make this movie what it was? I don't think that that's a – no, I think that that is a valid question to and ask. And not a critique right? of, like, no, oh, I'm seeing this movie think through different eyes because of what happened. But I'm saying it almost is, like, this cosmical point in the universe that's just, like, it's such a – it's such a – thing you know what i mean okay. there's no way to separate this movie from what happened and you can't change what happened so there's no answer to that question yeah you know what i mean yeah like, we don't exist in a universe where there's a version of this movie where brendan lee didn't die so yeah. I, there's no answer to that question so i think it's a, it's an impossible question to ask there's no answer someone yeah. who doesn't know what happened to brendan lee needs to watch the movie and then tell you how they feel about it, I guess. I mean, but that was the situation when I watched this movie and it was still great. And I and I don't know if, if what I'm asking really pertains to the quality of the movie. It doesn't. 
but well, yeah, it's almost like it pertains to how people feel about it and its place in cult, place in culture. Yeah. Over the credits, we get Jane Silberry singing "It Can't Rain All the Time," written for the movie with the composer Graham Revell. And then after that song, we get Big Empty by Stone Temple Pilots, which is another song that I love off this soundtrack. There's so many people that worked on this movie that I didn't get a chance to talk about while we were talking through it because of how much we need to talk through. But I'm going to talk about all of them now. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yay. Production designer Alex McDowell. He worked on, he was a New Zealander. He worked on Lawnmower Man, Crying Freeman with Mark DeCoscos, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Hectic. Fight Club. Ugh. Watchmen. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Whoa. Man of Steel. He's... Work is incredible in this Dude, movie. He's fucking killing it. Yeah, I know, right? Cinematographer Darius Wolski. He also shot Dark City with Alex Proyas. Ah. He shot Crimson Tide with Tony Scott. He shot the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies with Gore Verbinski. Wow. He's been really Scott's guy for the past decade. Ah. Crimson Tide. I can't remember that. <laughs> Denzel Washington, Gene Hackman. Oh, yes, Submar- thank you. Submarine movie. Thank you, thank you, thank the you. The movie's yeah, fucking yeah. incredible. Yeah. And it's shot like gangbusters. Yeah, he's been Tony, he's been Ridley Scott's guy for the past decade. He shot Prometheus, The Counselor, The Martian, Alien Covenant. Hectic. All the money in the world, The Last Duel, House of Gucci, and Ridley Scott's <laughs> upcoming film about Napoleon. What the fuck? I know, right? It's crazy. Costume designer Ariane Phillips. She worked on Tank Girl. Oh the, my God. The replacement killers, identity. We've had a couple people from Tank Girl on this, haven't we? Yep. Yeah. Well, Rachel Talley directed yeah. Tank Girl, and she was one of the people that was first interested in this as a movie. Yeah, we yeah. We talked about it last week. She uh, is the costume designer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so she's still working. So the reason I mentioned those three people particularly is because Brendan Lee and Alex Proyas wanted to shoot this movie in black and white oh. and have flashbacks. Interesting. Of, and have all the flashbacks in color. In like Technicolor. But of they course, are very colored, the flashbacks. But of course, this year wouldn't let them do that. Yeah. You can't release a black and white movie, big budget movie. People it feels get like my memory of this movie is always black and white. Except that they kind of did. Yeah. Because those three, three people I just mentioned to all work together to remove all of the color from this movie, except for occasionally red and blue. Oh, yeah. So they made a black and white movie. They fucking did. Like even in like the Tintin fight, the only shred of color is like the fire flickering. It's a secret black and white movie. Yeah. So I have a recommendation, which is that if you are interested in, in studying shot composition, production design, Costume and lighting and how they all work together. The darks and lights in this movie. Hectic. Watch this movie with the color off. Yeah. Turn the color down on your TV and watch this movie and you will see how all of those elements put together wow. create imagery. I've done that. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's just stunning. You can see the thing about, and I think I've said this before on the podcast, you can learn about lighting by by turning all the color off. Yeah. Because you, you can see where light falls, where light is falling and where light is not falling and yeah. what every source of light is doing. And like shades to light as well. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Editors of this movie, Scott Smith and Dov Hoeing. Smith was the first editor on the movie. Um, he did the, orish- the, the original cut before they went into into the second round of shooting after Brandon Lee had died. Yeah. He was replaced for the second round by Hoeing, who's credited with making the movie work in terms of the transitions and the way okay. that it moves between scenes. And this movie fucking moves between scenes. It's integration of score and music and all of that stuff. That's Graham Ravel and the editor's 
So it would have been a conversation between the two and not really like this is what we have and we're going to do it in the editing bay kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He worked with Michael Mann on two of my favourite of his movies, Last of the Mohicans and and Manhunter. And so the the kind of crew. Yeah, 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 okay. Manhunter's the original Hannibal Lecter movie. That is the better Hannibal Lecter movie that I've mentioned in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the good one. An appropriate age to have seen The Crow. (sighs) I think it is something that you need to watch young. Um, Not... Too young. I can see that look over there, Karen. Not too young. Your version of young is like two years old, so I'm just... (laughs) But, like, I saw this probably just before I was a teenager or early teenager, and I didn't have an appreciation for exactly how good it was and the history of it, but I remember sitting down without much guidance and being pulled in and being like, whoa, this is incredible. And, like, that's me who already kind of had a bit of an interest in film and TV at that mm. age. Mm. It is rated MA15 plus in Australia, which is, like, our equivalent of R. Yeah. For the United States. I think 13, 14 is a really good age. I think you'd be interested and capable to deal with everything that you see, even if it is a bit heavy in some parts. Yeah, I think that that's fine to see it at that age. I don't think there's any reason you need to be older, but I think that... I mean, I was 16 or 17 when I saw it. I reckon 15, 16, year 10 is is good for appreciating the quality of the movie. Sure. And the, and the, and the depth of it. I, again, I don't disagree with you. I think yeah. that you can watch it younger. But I think in terms of like understanding it and getting and getting the full impact of it and getting the full impact of it on the first time you see it, not the third time you've seen yeah. it, is good for a movie like this. Let me rephrase then. I think for some people, like yeah. people who are probably going to have an interest, because I feel like watching this a little too early, you know how you watch those things a little too early and they kind of put you on a trajectory a little bit and they get you fascinated in certain things? suppose yeah i feel like this is one of those movies that kind of hit me from left of field when i was a bit too young and i was like huh now i kind of want to know a little bit more about movies oh yeah, yeah. i mean if, that, if it had that effect on you then that's then that's fantastic i don't necessarily think that it would have that effect on most 13 year olds sure 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 um and yeah so i would put put it to just that little bit older just because I would want everyone who sees this film to have the impact of it. And I, yeah. and I think that you might not if you're a little bit younger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think 15, 16 is good. I was 12. Yeah. yeah but you're can. But I may. Yeah. yeah I would count. you agree with my assessment that like seeing it a little bit young is helping, helps you like be interested in it? I don't it? have an opinion. I don't care. No? No, I can't. But I, I don't know. You probably already had formed that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Can's been this person since he was about. Five. Yeah. <laughs> you were very... Five and a half. <laughs> what kind of age do you reckon you were kind of set on being in this kind of work? Or at least... How old were you when you saw that film where you realised people make movies? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the best question. Well, no, we're going to do that movie on the podcast. So we'll get to it. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do that movie. Yeah. Would you watch this movie again if you're on free will? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
This should be watched. I watched it again this week just for fun. But like, I haven't seen yeah, it in a couple of years, and it at least needs to be a yearly watch. It really should be, if not more frequent. A rating for the crow. Do, do I bother? I should, I, I should go through. If we're allowed to, yeah, do the thing. The way but that, I have a question. The way that we rate movies is on a five star scale, with one being I hated this movie, two being I did not like this movie, two and a half being I liked parts of this movie, it was fine, three being I liked this movie, four being I love this movie, and five being this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Five. 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 Are we allowed, if we gave um, that movie that must not be named a zero, are we allowed to give it six? No. Five, okay. is, five is the maximum. Yes. Yes. Five Good. point extra if I could. Five's all around. It's a, it's a high five. Yeah. High five. It's a high five. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, probably, the top, it's probably the top five. It's like, it's like high 10 almost. Yeah. It's yeah. genuinely yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time. Absolutely. Not just one of my favorite yeah. movies of all time in the context of this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Because I think that's I the thing. Because you've given like things fives that probably don't stack up against your actual no. favorites yeah. of all time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But Whereas, like, yeah, this actually is one of my favorites yeah, of all time. Hundred percent, and one of those movies that you're not just like, oh, I should watch this more. It's like I fucking love this movie. Like I should watch it more. Like it's a good time. Yeah. Next week. Next Yay. week. So there's there's some questions about next week. Yeah. The first one being, is Kira going to make it to next that week? That is very true. We're not oh, sure. Oh wait, have you done yourself dirty with the movies? <laughs> yeah, we're going to come up with a solution. We're going to have us. It's going to be okay. <laughs> we're going to talk about it in a second. But the way that we pick movies is that Kira and Brody alternate taking turns picking from three choices I prepared from the store. This week is Kira's pick. <laughs> the movie remains unpicked for three times. It is struck out, taken off the list, so that I can bring it back at a later date of my choosing. Still on the list. The Blair Witch Project. It's my favorite. This is my home, which I am leaving the comforts of for the weekend to explore the Blair Witch. I can see you. I'm real excited about this. Thank you for I'm the opportunity. I'm very glad. This area's been haunted by that old woman. Oh, yeah. I don't know why you have to have every conversation on video. Because we're making a documentary. Not about us getting lost. We're making a documentary about a witch. I don't. Lost, admit that first. No, I know we're not lost. They're all over the place. But how do we know it was people? Well, even if it wasn't, I'm not going to play with that either. And it's all because of me that we're here now. <laughs> Hungry. And cold. And hunted. I just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. <laughs> Tell me where you are, Josh! Yes, I am extremely excited to watch it. I love it so much. The Blair Witch Project. Everything you've heard is true. It's not, but it's still a good time. <laughs> and then also, more for Brody than for anybody yeah. else. Gaver. Gaver, dark hero with one strike. There is a line between good Don't kill me. Sean Parker. Has crossed that line. He's 
been drawn here by a power. Everybody here knows what we're digging for. By a force. I see it in my dreams and I put it down on paper. He doesn't understand. Who are you? The Guyver is here. I know you got claws you ain't showing. I'm not the one with the claws. Have them here in another hour. Or shall I send someone with more experience? Out of the darkness. Let's find it together. say is that whatever time we watch this movie, y'all are going to have to put up with me going, gave her, gave her, gave her, gave her. <laughs> so you've seen this? No. no it's you just, want to see this? I want to see it. I've seen clips of it, which fucking look amazing. We saw the trailer for it. Ah, uh, that's right. And yeah. it's from the director of Drive and not the Ryan Gosling movie. I've like funnily enough seen clips week. of it on like my TikTok or like Instagram or something. Yeah, because that it's wild. Because yeah. it's violent as fuck Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. That's an excellent Gaver, point. Dark hero, half man, half alien, all hero. And you on the list. Feels like we all know where this is going, right? It's got, I'm, I don't. It's got, no, 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 not what the next pick is. It's Blue Witch has two strikes. Right, okay, <laughs> right? okay. Which means if Kira doesn't pick it this week, it's gone, right? I don't know if there's anything that I could put in front of her that would That's make hectic. her not pick Blair Witch Project, except for like, what I would say is like her first movie of all time, but that does not fall within our time frame okay, okay. of movies that we are watching, which is unfortunate. So are you angling for mine not to pick Guyver? I'm just having fun. Okay, okay. You just you just jazz out here. Just, just having a good time. Yeah. It's by digital jazz. So new on the list yeah. is a sequel. Ooh. To something that we've seen. To something that we've okay. seen. Ooh, exciting. Because sometimes it's not. <laughs> We're returning. That's very true. That's true. I mean, we have not seen the first guy. Yeah. (laughs) Returning is Michael Dudikoff. Oh, Oh. shit. In American Ninja 2, The Confrontation. He has been taught the mystic arts of war. Sai. He has mastered a thousand years of secrets. He has learned the way of the ninja. Now, a soldier on a suicide mission. They have been sent to paradise. Excuse me, ma'am. Wow. To defeat a conspiracy that threatens the entire world. Who set me up? I said who? The lion. Who's the lion? He's a millionaire. He made his money on drugs. He's doing the search. The super ninja. The ultimate fighting machine. Like a predatory tiger, you will feel no pain. Miracles. And know no emotion but hate. 
It's Ninja <laughs> against Ninja. Charlie, it's ours! Together, they must destroy the most powerful criminal empire the world has ever known. <laughs> he must defeat the most lethal assassin alive. <laughs> and they must not fail. <laughs> Michael Dudikoff returns as the American Ninja with Steve James in American Ninja 2, The Confrontation. No. Okay. God, he's such a good-looking guy. Look Something at that about the cover steel. of this looks like it's older than the first one. Yeah, <laughs> so true. I bet this was a straight-to-video release. It had to the have first been, right? Ones. Yeah. <laughs> Thought so. It's a canon film. Yeah, I just feel like maybe they put less effort into the cover. <laughs> American Ninja 2, The Confrontation. There is a Top Gun cover that looks exactly like that, right? Yeah, I'm, you remember that scene in Top Gun where they have ninjas? <laughs> I mean, with the like, <laughs> denim jacket and him like giving a blue steel. Okay, that could be any movie from this era. <laughs> Oh, they're at a full ninja school doing duels. <laughs> oh, it looks like such a good time. Fuck yeah. All right. Okay. Now so, questions. So are we doing, if, if, if we pick Blair Witch and Kira can't do next week, do we then have, need a backup pick? No. <sighs> we don't need a backup pick. Okay. Because we're doing it with Anna. No. No. Absolutely fucking not. You are not. I don't think we're allowed to do that. No, we're not. We are not <laughs> so allowed to do that. If Kira picks. When, when Kira picks Blair Witch Project. Fuck, man. When Kira picks Blair Witch Project, if by chance our child is born in the next seven days. Sure. Or which, I just am not in physical a posi- position physical to position do it. Sure. Right? Which mm. is also possible. Mm. We will do Blair Witch Project as Kira's first movie back on the podcast. Cool. And we will do a replacement pick. Okay, that I'm just cool. I'm down with that. That way or we don't TV corner or something. Or that we'll war yeah. or whatever. We haven't quite figured out what we're going to do in terms of when the when the child comes. I have a feeling that we're going going to go to fortnightly. Okay, but we'll confirm that once it once once it actually happens. Okay, right? we'll go even to fortnightly. if we go fortnightly for the big apps and like we want to do like. 15 minute TV corners or something well, like that. Well, you can't do a TV corner in 15 minutes. Shorter. A shorter something. Yeah. It could <laughs> just be like you call me, like we just have a, like no. a call. We'll, figure, <laughs> we'll figure, figure something out. So chances are that there will be a slight break in proceedings when the when the child arrives. Of course. And then when we come back, we probably we might be fortnightly for a little while until we're we're back up and running and have figured out, you know, where to stash the child when we're doing podcasts. <laughs> yeah. And it'll also there'll probably be a few episodes that are the three of you, you, um, Adam and Brody. Yeah. And other people. Ellie, and other Ellie's people. Can you do one by the way? And yeah, yeah. yeah. potentially others. Yeah. Yes. So and we Kira and I have still got uh, technically we've still got a couple of weeks to go before the child yeah. is before the child's meant to be here, but we kind of feel like mm, they ain't gonna be that long. So yeah. So and my ability to sit in this room for a couple of hours might diminish. Yeah. But assuming that I am well, <laughs> and if anything was going to motivate me to sit in this room <laughs> for three hours with you boys instead of, you know, sleeping, <laughs> it would be the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> I'm keen. So, so are, you, are you picking? What? I'll be picking the Blair Witch Project because in October of 1994, three student <laughs> filmmakers disappeared in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, while shooting a documentary. A year later, their footage was found. I can't believe there was a full uh, conspiracy that it was true, right? 
Or are we getting into we next will week? Talk about why the fuck would you do that? Anything? Why would you? Why would you take content away from the podcast? Well, sorry, we were just musing. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> we will talk Kira. about yeah <laughs> all of the things, and it will be probably the podcast that I speak the most when we do the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, so Hopefully next week, if not in a few months when my baby is here. Yeah. Don't like, don't subscribe, don't come back. But do. Don't leave reviews for both. Definitely do that. Don't do anything. Go outside. If I don't see you for a while. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> love you. <laughs> I'll probably see you, have, but I have, love have, you. have a nice time with the boys. Tease <laughs> them for me. I'll be back, I promise. Lies. Okay. And it doesn't rain all the time. It doesn't rain all the time. You got the line wrong. Can't rain, Can't all, rain the all the time. Guys, I'm special. I'm special boy. I love Brendan Lee. We love Brendan Lee. We love Brendan Lee. We do. Scene. <laughs> 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 <laughs>